When it comes to business and leadership, how personal is too personal? Hi, welcome to another episode of Business Mindset Mastery. My name's Heather Gray. I'm a mindset and performance coach for business owners, leaders, and entrepreneurs. You can always find me over at choosetohaveitall.com. And today I want to start a conversation about the boundaries we need to have or should at least think about having when it comes to sharing our personal information, our personal stories, and our personal experiences in the name of business and leadership. I've been having this conversation in a couple of different circles. Um, I had somebody reach out to me who runs a large Facebook group. She's a um, like a transitional, transformational coach for women, helping women get out of their stuck places and find what they need to do next. And she has like a following of 25,000 people or so in her Facebook group. And she's herself going through a divorce. And she was asking me, do I tell my group about this? Like, do people need to know... Um, Um, that I'm going through this. And if they find out and I haven't told them, are they going to think I'm a fraud? Are they going to think I'm lying? Are they going to think I'm holding back or that I'm putting on this like Facebook perfect image of myself, but what lies beneath is all this turmoil, all this angst, and is it really their business? So I was talking to her about it. And then like a week or so later, I started talking to somebody who does social media consultation. So somebody who helps small business owners figure out what kind of social media strategy they need in terms of marketing and branding for her business. And she was saying, you know, one of the kind of strange things about this is I'm gay. I live with my wife. We have two kids. I talk about my kids and my business. I share the stories. I show the pictures. But I never really talk to my clients about the fact that I'm gay. I'm not like in the closet at all. But it's one of those things that I've never really seen a lot of business owners talk about. So I've never known whether or not I should. So I haven't said anything. And then I was talking to somebody just yesterday who works in the corporate environment and she was saying that she knows more about her boss and her boss's mommy issues and the first two weeks of the job than she knows about a lot of people that she meets after a couple of months because her boss is just an oversharer. And I think that it creates a worthy conversation over when you're trying to show up, when you're trying to connect with people. So bosses and managers in the corporate world, they're trying to connect with their employees. They're trying to create a team environment. They're trying to build camaraderie. Business owners, consultants, and leaders are trying to connect with the people with their message that they understand where their clients or potential clients are coming from, that they too are, you know, real people, that they get it, that they're genuine. And then there's all this message about, especially in the online business market, I do not hear this with my brick and mortar business owner clients that I see. This never comes up. But in the online business space, there's all this jargon and talk about showing up authentically. And back in December, I did an episode on exactly that, on showing up authentically. So you have to go back a handful of episodes um, towards uh, the end of last year to find that um, and to hear my thoughts on it you know, in more depth. But it is an ongoing conversation for business owners and leaders to figure out where they land and in 
how much they're sharing because it is ultimately always going to start with your personal decision. No matter what people say in terms of people buy from people, you need to show up, you need to show people that you get it. If you yourself are not a personal sharer, um, if you're not somebody who like talks about herself or himself that much, it may be, it may not be normal and natural for you to share personal details of your life. And that's okay because you can connect in other ways. And that's what I was talking to with the social media consultant. It didn't seem like she had any desire to hide it. She wasn't afraid that people would find out. But she also like, she's like, you know, straight people don't constantly have to talk about the fact that they're straight. I don't feel like constantly having to talk about the fact that I'm gay and it has nothing to do with what I'm doing. So it's fine. But when she noticed the discrepancy that she was talking about her kids and not her wife, she started to wonder if it was a thing. And I, you know, and I said, well, do you like talk about your wife on your personal profile on Facebook? And she's like, no, both of us usually only talk about the kids. We're not like, you know, we don't put ourselves in the spotlight, but we put our, you know, our kids in the spotlight. And she's like, and my whole job is about putting my clients in the spotlight. She's like, I don't need people to know me. I don't need people to know my business or start asking questions. It's not important to me. And that's where I landed with her. And I said, if it's not important to you, and it's not holding you back personally, it's not holding you back professionally, then keep doing you like keep going on as you do, because what you've been doing is working for you. And worrying about what other people are going to think or what other, you know, impressions people are going to take away from you should they find out and that you didn't tell them. That's like none of your concern because you can't control what people think. And it was, you know, and I kind of like gave her that you know, direction with the life coach who, um, you know, was talking about this idea that she's in the middle of a divorce and um, her husband basically like there's no drama. There's no huge conflict. There's no like, you know, like glaring red flag of awfulness. But her husband, after 27 years of marriage, really just has decided he doesn't want to be married anymore. Um, And that's heartbreaking for her. And it's changing the course of her life. And she hasn't been telling people because she's afraid of what people will think. And she's afraid of having to explain it. And she's afraid of telling stories. And what I said to her is like, yes, this is your story, but you're not ready yet. Like you're not ready to talk about it. You are still reacting to this. You are still living with your broken heart. This is something that's still going on for you. So even if your group decides that they had a right to know, even if they have a story about you because you didn't tell them the second it was happening, that's none of their damn business. That first you have to take care of you. And if you're not ready to share, it's not your story to tell yet. Beginning, middle, and end. You know, in the issue with the boss um, and this corporate story of like a new employee learning more about her boss in like the first two weeks, well, part of the problem problem is, is the boss isn't the one asking the question, right? So in this example, the boss has no idea that she's oversharing. She has no idea that her employees are probably rolling their eyes at her share and, you know, kind of wondering like, why are you telling me this? But the other thing is, is she doesn't know the cost 
that she's causing herself in terms of public perception. That when she moves through the world in a boundaryless way, where she's telling people who have barely met her um, what her personal life is like, and then at some point may be in a position where she has to give these people performance reviews or give people feedback or tell them what to do or tell them they have to stay late or tell them that they have to do a job over, that her leadership may get questioned when she kind of appears like a hot mess. And that's the lesson that the leaders and business owners can take from this example as you listen to this show. That you want to think about the you and the version of you that you're putting out there that people are learning from gathering information about and making conclusions about whether or not they want to buy from you, whether or not they want to work with you, whether or not they want to work for you, who you are and how you put yourself out there is entirely up to you. But once you do that, you cannot control the perception. So you do want to give some thought around your intention. I think that that is an important thing to consider as you have this conversation with yourself, because this is really where the conversation needs to be. It needs to be with yourself. And that's the first thing you need to know. I was just saying it earlier, but you need to know your own boundaries. And you don't share what you don't want to share. And don't choose your comfort as a reason to share share. That's one of the things that I think is the other side of knowing your boundaries and knowing your comfort level. Like this boss, like just because she was comfortable sharing and it was like, yeah, I don't mind if people know this. I'm fine with people, you know, hearing this about me. That's not reason enough to tell people that information. Just because you're boundaryless or just because you're open as anything, it doesn't mean you should be. Um, and you want to do a gut check and you want to look at the motivation of of where that's coming from. And one of the ways to do this, and I learned this the hard way, um, I actually, like, when I look back on the period of burnout that I had in my life, um, in my um, my brick and mortar business, I, I realized that, like, this was a warning sign that I wasn't even paying attention to. But what is your intention behind the share? When you're sharing personal information about yourself, what are you hoping your team, your um, prospective clients, your current clients, your audience, whoever it is you're talking to and trying to connect with, what is your intention? Are you hoping that they're going to grow and learn from it? Are they hoping that, are you hoping that like you're going to be a mentor and a role model for people, that there's a takeaway, a lesson? Are you trying to create an aha moment? And if you have this impulse to share something and you have no idea why, that is largely about you and it's not going to serve anybody. And I learned this in my brick and mortar because I was really known as a therapist with good, strong boundaries. And towards the end, I was sharing personal information left and right. Not not like the dirty info, not the down and dirty and the secrets or the, you know, hidden traumas and pain and personal deep experiences. But I was talking about my life more. I was talking about what I did on the weekends or this, that, and the other thing. I 
was making it way more casual. And it was because I wasn't taking the business I was running very seriously anymore. I wasn't taking the work seriously anymore. Um, and I was burned out from my people and I was tired of talking to them. And I didn't, I did it so mindlessly with such carelessness, um, that I should have, like, it should have been a warning sign that, like, something was amiss. And if you find yourself in that predicament where you're like, I just told this random story. Why did I tell this story? Or what does this have to do with anything? I would do a little bit of a gut check with yourself about an unmet need. Because at the time when this was happening for me, my husband was also sick. Um, and, uh, some of my clients eventually all had to find out because he was sick for so long. It was disrupting my business schedule, but like I was spending all this time in the hospital, um, and he was so sick or I was in this caregiving role and I was taking care of him at home that I was starting to feel like I was ceasing to exist, that my existence was either about taking care of my clients and their pain or taking care of my husband or reassuring my family and friends that I wasn't cracking up and losing my mind. So, I started, I think, in this weird way of just putting myself in the space and showing up for people, sharing random information about myself that, you know, in the 10 years that I was a therapist, I never really did or talked about. So that could have been a warning sign. So you want to do the gut check for yourself on the intention. And then if you find yourself doing it, it's look at it as like an unmet need and see what you need to do to get that need met. Because the things we do, how we show up, the lessons we teach, we always wanted to have a point and a purpose. Because if we're talking for the sake of talking, then that's just about ourselves. But then nobody learns anything. And they can't tell the difference when you have something legitimate to say, something legitimate to teach, and when you're just blowing hot air. So it's really important to do that gut check. The next thing, you know, is, and I talked about this at the beginning of the discussion too, is, is the share, is the thing you're thinking about putting out to the universe, telling your community about, sharing on social media, talking about in the course of your work or in the course of your leadership? Is it in the past? Have you already learned the lesson from it? Or are you in the process of still learning? Because I think sometimes there is value in telling people that you're in it. Um, there's value in talking about it in the present tense. I shared most of the most incredible pivotal moments of my move and the the choice to move and the cross-country experience and the whole thing with all of you. But if you listen back to the episodes, all of the stories had already happened. All of the lessons had already been heard. I wasn't... Uh, <laughs> wasn't hitting record on the floor of the Boston Logan Airport. I got my stuff together first. I learned it. I got, you know, I got myself all like organized and centered. And then I shared the lesson. And then I shared the aha moment. You weren't there in it with me because first of all, it's not your responsibility to be in it with me. It's my responsibility to teach you what you need to know to live your best life and run your best business. So there's no value in hearing like that I am a sobbing pitiful mess on an airport bathroom floor. But there is value in hearing that I was there and I got back up. So you want to do the gut check with yourself. Am I still in it? Have I already learned the lessons that come from it? And 
am I going to be able to handle the reaction? Because as soon, and I, I remember how nervous I was the first time I shared with you how broken, sad, scared, and lost I was feeling during um, moments of that journey. And I was thinking like, oh my gosh, people are going to think that like, I, you know, I don't have my stuff together enough to help them. Or people are going to think that I'm just using this show for indulgent reasons. Or people are going to make up all these stories about me. Or, oh my gosh, they're like, they're going to go after my husband <laughs> for making me, um, you know, do this in the first place. And at some point there was nothing I was wishing for more than <laughs> for somebody to start yelling at him for starting the whole mess in the first place. But it was that idea that I had all these worries, all these thoughts, but at the same time, like it felt like a lie if I didn't tell you and I was ready to tell you. And it was one of those things, and I'll, I'll talk about this too in a bit, but like if people don't know this about you, do they know you? And this thing was encompassing, whether I liked it or not, was encompassing my entire life. And if I was going to talk about mindset, I was going to run a business based on personal development, I couldn't not talk about this. It would have felt like a lie. It was consistent with my boundaries. It was who I was, how I moved through the world, and it needed to be shared. Now, when I first, back in the day when I was working in residential, and I was a manager, I got, um, and I think I've shared this story before on the show, but um, I went into this business and I went into, I got my master's degree really, um, because I thought that for the rest of my life, um, I wanted to be a program manager um, of a, a treatment facility for adolescent youth. I had started a similar job in undergrad. I'd continued it as part of my internship. And I specifically went to graduate school with the thought that I wanted to go into program management someday. And if I got my dream job, I would never want to leave that job to go back to school. So I just went straight to grad school to get the training. So when I was, um, you know, when I was climbing up the ladder of this residential treatment program, I had my master's degree. I was working completely like dialed in laser focused to be a program director. 10 years after all the steps and all the dances and all the different jobs I had to take before I could take that leadership position, I got promoted to that position on a Monday. That Friday is when my husband experienced his um, spinal cord injury four days later. So when this happened and I suddenly lost, you know, I left work abruptly and then I didn't come back. Um, uh, no, I, he got, he got hurt on a Friday. I was actually back in work on Monday. Um, now that I'm thinking about it, but I immediately had to have a, a conversation with not only my current supervisor in the position I was holding, but also the new p position of the, um, you know, my new supervisor of the position that I would be taking on to say, Hey, listen, like, um, a loved one has been hurt and this is what's happened. And when I got that, when I had that meeting with my supervisor, the first thing she told me, um, now mind you, this was two days after he had been hurt. Um, I was barely functioning. Um, I don't even know why I went to work, but that's probably another episode for another time. Um, she said, nobody can know that this happened to you. 
Nobody can know that you're taking this on. You are taking on a program where we have just wiped out the entire leadership team. We have fired and changed the programming. It was toxic. Nothing was working. We have very few original staff who have survived that transition. You cannot lead a team and build a new identity for that program if your team doesn't feel confident in you and if they know you're like coming to work every day and then leaving to go to the hospital hospital, they're never going to buy into you. You'll never build a strong foundation. They cannot know this happened to you. And so for a while, I want to say that like, I can't like, I can't remember how long I just simply didn't talk about it. Um, eventually, my team kind of find out, you know, did find out because my husband you know, came with me uh, to work, you know, work functions and stuff. But I want to say for at least the first six months of his injury or so, maybe even the first year, I can't remember, my team and the people who worked for me didn't know that I, you know, the man I had been dating had been hurt, um, suffered a spinal cord injury, was in rehab and uh, living life in a wheelchair. Um, And I, I agree with that decision. I remember at the time feeling like how impossible it was to not talk about But it was absolutely true for my employees and for the team who needed to see me as a leader. They couldn't know that this awful thing had happened. They wouldn't feel taken care of. They wouldn't feel secure. They would try new things or listen to my direction and secretly wonder if, you know, this was coming from a place of like good decision making and good leadership. Or was I looking for the easy way out so I could go to the hospital or something like that? I absolutely, as hard as that was to not share and to not talk about, I absolutely believe it was the right decision. But when we flip the coin and we take me to the next job I had, which is my brick and mortar where I owned my own business, I was offering private therapy um, to individual clients and adults. I had decided that it was against the therapy rules for people to know that my husband had a spinal cord injury, but they knew I had a husband. I talked about my husband. I talked about lessons. I talked about just like I shared with you on the show. Like I shared personal examples. I talked about myself, not in like any huge detail, but in the 10 years that I owned that business, less than five of my clients were ever told that my husband had a spinal cord injury because for whatever reason, I had decided that that was personal information. And maybe when the injury was still new at the beginning of running that business, like I hadn't learned all the lessons. I hadn't gotten my, you know, feet on the ground with it. I don't even know if I had like really decided by that time that I was staying in the relationship that it was going to last. I can maybe see why I didn't share in my first couple of years in that business. But then by the end, it constantly felt like I was lying because I had all of these personal examples, all of these stories of having chosen happiness, pushing through hard times that I didn't share with my clients. And I think they could have gotten value from it. But I had this preconceived notion of what you choose to say and what you don't choose to say. And I, you know, I always thought the therapy police were going to come after me. So it was a rule set by somebody else that I didn't buy into. And that's important to know for yourself too. If you feel as though not telling somebody something about yourself. Not putting yourself out there feels like lying. If you're a leader, if you're a business owner, then I think it's worth sharing. 
And I think it's worth telling because the only way you really are going to show up authentically is if you're showing up as your whole self. But here's the kicker, and here's the thing you really have to pay attention to. As soon as you put that story out there, if you decide not telling people feels like a lie, not sharing this feels disingenuous, you have to be prepared to clean up the mess it might make. So the first time I came public about my husband's injury, I went big or went home and I wrote about it. (laughs) Not just on my little website where only 50 people would see it, but I wrote it for a, a large media public publication and I shared the story and I shared all the dirty bits with it. But immediately I knew that I had to be prepared for the court of public opinion. You cannot put yourself out there and not be prepared to get the feedback on it. You have to know that once you put your story out there, you can craft it however you want. You can tell people what you want them to think. You can share your intention. You can tell them why you're sharing the information, but still they will walk away with a certain opinion and you have to be prepared for that. If you are not prepared for that, that, you can't tell the story. The other thing is you have to be prepared that your story will be used against you, that people will take it as a way of taking a knife, taking your most personal thing and stabbing you with it. The hate mail that I've gotten after sharing my most personal information like is absurd compared to the hate mail like when I'm just offering opinions like this. Like not a lot of people take the time <laughs> to tell me that they don't like my discussion on authenticity, but as soon as you get personal, it challenges people personally, and you have to be willing to clean up that mess. You have to be willing to take that on. Recognize that it is a source where you have control. You are nobody's victim. If you are sharing the story, if you're telling your team, you're talking about it at work, you're gossiping about it, you're putting it in your brand, you're putting it in a YouTube video, showing up on Facebook Live, however you're putting it out there, it is your choice, and you You have to know the world we live in and be aware of the world we live in that sometimes people are not nice. Sometimes people make themselves feel better to make you feel bad by making you feel bad. If you can't take that on, you are not ready to share this information. And you want to make sure that you own that. You know, so many people, I talked about the hater comments I got after I shared all my personal um, stories of, you know, transformation over the move. And people were like asking me how I was and checking in with me. And so many people like, you know, just couldn't believe that like episodes that meant a lot to them created cause for other people to tell me that I was absurd, ridiculous, and, you know, a host of other things. And I said, well, what are you talking about? It's the internet. Like, of course, that's what happened. Of course, that's exactly what happened. Because suddenly people can, you know, see my personal experience and the finger that they want to point at themselves, they suddenly can just turn around and point at me. You can't pretend to not know this. You can't, like, you can want the world to be different. You can wish the world to be different, but you have to be prepared for it. And if you are not ready for that, if you're not willing to deal with it, if you're not prepared to clean up the mess, face the consequences, you are not ready to share that information. Like when I wrote that article and I shared my husband's story, one of the messes I had to clean up was that my husband's step family was so hurt and so upset to find out how isolated we had been during the time of his recovery 
story because they had assumed his biological family had his back. So they they were trying to get out of the way. They just didn't want to bother anybody. They didn't want to like create more room, create more fuss. So they didn't they didn't like call, they didn't reach out because they thought that they would be a bother. Meanwhile, he and I were entirely on our own thinking no one had shown up. So they were devastated to hear that that hadn't been our experience. And so I didn't know that. So when I wrote the article and I talked about his family not showing up, I wasn't even thinking about his step family because I didn't think they had a responsibility to do it. I really did think his biological family was the the family that should be responsible, but I had to deal with the hurt and devastation I caused when people thought I was talking about them out of turn. That's what comes with the really big decisions. You have to own it. And that right there is the boss and leader mentality. Right there is what does the boss do? What does the leader do? What is the best thing for this business? What is the best thing for this team? Not what is the best thing for me? What feels really good for me? But what is better for the people I'm trying to help teach and lead? That's how you make this decision. Once you've decided you're comfortable, if you're not comfortable, do not pass go, do not collect your $200. But once you decide you're comfortable, please have a filter. Please do a stop and a gut check over what's my purpose? What's my intent? What do I want people to learn from this? If this goes wrong, if people misread me, misunderstand my intent, am I capable of cleaning up the mess? Am I willing to clean up the mess? And am I willing to own that this absolutely is my choice and I am nobody's victim? If you're not there yet, you're not ready to talk. But if you're not talking and not talking feels like lying, it is time to share your story. And I would love to hear it. If you have something to share, if you want me to know something, if you want my two cents on your problem, please do find me over at heather at choose to have it all.com. I'd love to learn about where you're at, what you're struggling with, and your thoughts and feelings on the show. As always, you always tell me that. So find me over at heather at choose to have it all.com. And I really look forward to talking to you next time. Bye for now.